Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I think uh, I think Chucky would have a decent chance just because I think he could store like at least like six beers worth of alcohol just in his cheeks alone, so he can pretty much throw that away like camel style. I'm Guys not making fun of him by the way. I have I have just as chubby cheeks if I didn't make the NHL. So. Bruce podcast season two my name is cam hasbrook yes cam hasbrook who is still a host on this podcast i know it's surprising joined as per usual by drew johnson and as per kind of usual by one of our guest hosts jess belmosto aka gels bells we are in the dog days of summer which we're soaking up the end of summer labor day is the the unofficial end of summer is what i keep hearing from our meteorologists at least um but we're getting close to the hockey season. Uh, we're only a month away now at this point, which is pretty crazy uh, with the shortened off season. I mean, obviously, everything going on last year was not ideal, but uh, with the shortened off season, at least, is a, is a nice side of it. So uh, not quite as long of a wait. I know for me, it's like I I feel like we've been in the off season for a while, but we're kind of getting back into the swing of things now, and pretty soon we'll have training camp underway and all that. So. We'll get to that all in just a few minutes and some other garbage, but right now we are talking about beers on the Bruce and Burns podcast, so who wants to start us off today? I think Drew should, because he has something that looks very intriguing. Intriguing is a kind way to say that, Jess. So yeah. Let's, let's hear what you got going on here, Drew. Yes, I do have something uh, rather strange, in fact, at the uh, at the old, the good old Packy, I, uh, I was uh, somewhat judged for it by my good buddy that i uh, i don't know his name but you know he's my good buddy we we know each other you know we we he's see each other me. a lot i'm there too often um he probably knows my name from checking my id but i don't know his but i got a uh, shipyard pumpkin head and no it's not a beer it's a hard seltzer um so I'm this is a weird one i gotta i gotta say like ask you before you like a lot of the times these are beers that we've had before drinks have you tried this yet or is this the first time? i mean i've had yeah i've had a couple but okay. uh, uh i don't think anyone else in the world has yet yeah, so, so i think i'm the first wow. um it is quite interesting first of all it is five percent alcohol per volume uh two grams of sugar 110 calories two grams of carbs um god knows i need them uh i don't know there's no other info on it 
I'm just gonna. I- I've had this and I already have a rating in mind, but I gotta confirm it. You know, that's how it goes. All right, tasteability, boy, can you taste it? But it's weird because like the taste isn't there at first when you sip. Then it's there fully. Like it's a, it goes from like ten to thirty-seven really quick. But then it like it, it dials back down to a ten. So I think I gotta go with like a twenty-three to be fair. You know, there's a there's a couple different waves of a sip in this drink. It's an adventure. It's certainly an adventure. <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> um, drinkability. It is a seltzer. Which, means it's pretty high but it's also pumpkiny yeah which brings it down a little bit i feel like so, the pumpkiny is volatile people either are gonna drink like a hundred of them or they're gonna hate it and never drink it again. yeah they'll take a sip and then just say i wasted twelve dollars on these there are some pumpkin like beers that i like and then there are a lot i don't like like there's uh there was one that i had there was a the cold open was me saying this is a really shitty beer uh, that was a pumpkin ale. It was white pumpkin, though. I don't know. Maybe there's. <laughs> I a... do remember that one. Yeah. So, but this one—it's not bad. I mean, it's not like you're gonna have them all the time. I guess tis the season, though. It's only September yet. October. Say, is it though? <laughs> it, it's ramping up. <laughs> when is it um, too early to have pumpkin? Because I think like I th- we were seeing this shit in August. August, you know? like, I think August point, is too early. I think September is okay because even though I mean I guess October is still like spooky season, even though Halloween's at the end of the month. But like August, you're really pushing it. I feel like I yeah, think October is spooky season. September isn't spooky season, but it's okay to get into like the fall kind of activities, which pumpkins are a part of the fall, not necessarily just spooky. So you're you know? pre-gaming spooky. I'm pre-gaming season. the spooky season with some fall energy. I can't um, mind that. I feel like the seasonal drinks like that you ideally want to have for like two months. Mm-hmm. I think for me personally, the ideal two months would be like middle of September through all of spooky season through the end of October, and then you get like a week or two of carryover after that because you got to give it some buffer room on either side. So I think like middle of September to like november like a week or two in november is ideally the the middle ground i guess when it comes to those seasonal beverages i'm gonna up the ante a little bit on my uh on my uh rating i'm gonna go tasteability is 30 drinkability i'll go with a 20 how do you like it though yeah i like it like um is it really sweet it is pretty sweet um would i buy it for like a party like no i would buy probably like bud light seltzer trulies or whatever you know supplying for others would i get it for myself some other time probably closer to halloween hell yeah it's decent it's pretty damn good um i really like tends to like pumpkin things i guess besides the one white pumpkin beer that was a disaster (laughs) yeah i i would say this is a beautiful disaster amazing weird drink tm uh, that might be the name of the podcast but yeah that's <laughs> pretty good um, yeah just replace I, drink with podcast that's i guess i'll get. follow that up because i is, is a pumpkin technically a is it a fruit or a vegetable they would know i think it's a vegetable it's a gourd i think technically oh, is that technically its own family i i'm almost positive right, i have a naturally flavored drink as well so I'll, i guess i'll follow it up with that uh i'm drinking a sea dog blue paw 
from Sea Dog Brewing Company right here in Portland. It is an ale with natural blueberry flavor. Uh, I think I've talked about my love for blueberries on this podcast before. I actually certainly have because I remember relating it to moving to Maine because Maine is famous for the blueberries, among other things. Um, I have had this beer before, but it's been kind of a little while. But I just cracked it open, and I'm being like slammed with the smell of blueberries, which I am a big fan of. Um, we'll see how it translates into the drink. Um, yeah, let's give it a go here. Wow, that that is very blueberry. It's more more so than I remembered. I think a lot of beers are when they have like those fruit infusions in them. It's more of like an aroma where like you can kind of taste it a little bit, but you kind of get it in like the nostrils, and it's just kind of like the the overall vibe of like. A lot of like raspberry beers, things like that. Unless it's like a sour where it's obviously going to be very sweet. I think a lot of beers just kind of have the aroma. This tastes like blueberries. It's almost like a, I don't want to say quite like a blueberry juice, but it's definitely like you mix blueberry juice in with the beer, which I guess, I don't know if blueberry juice is really a thing that people drink anyway, but um, yeah, this is a, a pretty good beer on the crispier side. Pretty sweet. Like I said, a lot of blueberry in there. Um, 4.7% ABV, 8 IBUs. Uh, it says it's an award-winning wheat ale featuring delightful and subtle fruit flavor of wild blueberries. I definitely would not call it subtle, uh, but I would call it delightful. So that's pretty nice. Uh, and Sea Dog, one of the, the many breweries here in Portland. But uh, drinkability, it really is going to come down to how much you like blueberries. Um, I'm a big fan, so I think I could crush a few of these but i think the sweetness would get to me eventually kind of like if you were drinking a sweeter seltzer or a sour um not quite as depth as a sour but drinkability i'll put it at about a 20 taste like i said that blueberry really jumps out at you i think about like a 35 as far as taste goes um mm. especially when you're considering like a wheat ale which kind of i feel like a lot of them kind of blend into like a very subtle flavor which is nice but this one definitely jumps out at you uh, and it's some and it's some pretty good stuff. Also, I think this is more just a coincidence than anything, or maybe Portland has some connection to Sea Dogs in general. But shout out the Portland Sea Dogs, uh, the Red Sox Double A minor affiliate, and in particular Tristan Cassius, who I don't know if you guys saw or follow this at all, but dude cranked five home runs in two days last week, which is like some MLB the Show career mode shit. So keep an eye on him. He also lit it up for Team USA in the Olympics earlier this year. Um, he's gonna fans out there. Keep an get eye on him because he's fucking good. Probably, he's great. Yeah. He's, he's very just... good. <laughs> I can't <laughs> fathom these, like, these weren't like little like pop shots over the wall. He was fucking cranking like four hundred and fifty oh foot bombs, five home runs in two days. I mean that's just not fair. So um, pretty awesome stuff there. But anyway, great beer. I don't really know much. I've had this beer from Sea Dog quite a few times, but I actually haven't had any of their other beers, to be honest. With you. Every time I think of Sea Dog Brewing, I always think of the Blue Paws, so I'm not really sure what else they have, but I'd be interested to try more of it because this is certainly a uh, a good one. So if you guys are listening out there, Sea Dog, send us some beer. Uh, Jess, what you got going on here? Um, Well, I just want to say that that blueberry beer is one of my favorites. Yeah. love that i love going to bars and when they like put little blueberries in it because it's just mm. like two of my favorite things classy and beer um but tonight i'm indulging in a watermelon lemonade truly 
Um, I could crush Ooh. these things with like no problem. Uh, so thirty-seven and thirty-seven for tasteability and drinkability. Um, they are a little sweet though, so I think probably get boring after a while. But once you've had too, a few too many, I don't think you really taste it. So then they start tasting like water. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) It honestly just tastes like juice. That's why I like the Trulies because they're not like overly carbonated and don't give me heartburn the Mm. way some other seltzers do. Yeah, I find with like the sugary drinks, like I'm trying to, I'm gluten intolerant. So I'm really trying to stay away from gluten as of like two days ago. (laughs) I decided. (laughs) Um, And then I had an IPA on last episode so i broke that right away but uh i i've been drinking more cider in the past 48 hours <laughs> um, but no I, I mean i've had a lot of seltzers and cider because those are the gluten-free alternatives to beer there are some gluten-free beers that i've reviewed on this uh that are good but they're not plentiful and i find that like with the sugary drinks like i can have a few but then the next morning like maybe not heartburn but my stomach is just kind of like on fire the next morning like um yeah as opposed to just beer um which has it brings its own stomach aches for me but we don't need to talk about those on the pod um yeah those have a special name <laughs> yeah they're called uh, i call them the sam adam shits mm. see i just say beer BMI, shits. but, like... but it, uh it mean it it takes on a whole new meaning for someone who can't handle their gluten so um can you handle cool. your liquor sure can you handle your kind gluten? of absolutely not well this has been a great episode <laughs> nice talking to you both yeah thanks for listening guys <laughs> no what else we got cam <laughs> out for me a lot there we go all right i think i'm back can we ever you're also safe? much quieter than both of us yeah where's me? your mic yeah well yeah I, here I'll, I'll turn the gain up a little bit there's that better Maybe try again. No. Maybe. No. A little bit. Yeah. How about how about now? Yes. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You guys were cutting out big time for a sec, but I did hear some cider discussion, so I'll jump in on that. Um. <laughs> I'm a big cider. I feel like cider gets a bad rep sometimes when it comes to like heavy beer drinkers because they're like, oh, yeah. it's like so sweet, and I'm a I only drink stuff if it's like covered in hops and blah 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 which is not really my style. I mean, if it tastes good, it tastes good. Like I, I get like, you can't drink a ton of ciders a lot of the time, especially the more sugary ones. Cause you mm-hmm. get a headache or whatever, especially us old people. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you're like 19, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, Hey, I, I am 23 old years old. And, uh, by the way, if you were wondering where our resident uh, elderly man is, uh, Chris is right now at the international space station uh, repairing some stuff. So he's a little busy right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So they brought in and all that. They were very nice and brought in another nursing home resident. <laughs> Me. Um, my favorite cider of all time uh, is an Irish cider that over there is packaged as Bulmers, it's called. Uh, you may have heard of it over here called Magners. I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. I think when they export mm-hmm. it, they label it differently mm-hmm. as Magners. Maybe it's just so that you can tell it's exported or yeah, whatever. I've, I've had I had Magners never had before. it before until I went to Ireland, and it is phenomenal. Uh, it's it's good over here too. It's obviously a little better when it's fresh over there. It's just it's fresher. Anything's better when it's fresh. Right, right up I mean. the tree. 
Yeah, yeah, they just pick it off and it's, they just throw it in a they barrel and squish it right there. The cider just, off yeah. the tree. <laughs> um, but to me, that hits like the perfect way. When I'm drinking a cider, I want like a middle ground of like I want it to be sweet, obviously, because that's why you're mm-hmm. drinking a cider. But you don't want it to be like like sugary. You know, like your angry orchards and stuff like that is like just so much added sugar, and you just feel like you're drinking like apple juice with like a little touch of alcohol in there. I want that nice in between where it's sweet enough that you can tell you're drinking a cider and enjoy it and you get that apple flavor and the aroma and stuff, but it's still crispy. And I feel like Magners slash Bulmers hits that middle ground. Uh, and I had one actually last week when I was at an Irish bar in Chicago, or I guess two weeks ago, well, a week and a half ago, uh, while I was watching a, a soccer or a football game over there. Um, but I definitely would recommend if, if anybody likes cider out there, I would, I would look for Magners because it's, uh, it's the perfect medium for me. There was there was a cider that I had, or a couple different ones. It was some cider brewing company where on the back of the can they put like it was like a little chart of sweet to dry. Um, I think I know. Is it a had... Citizen Cider? Yes, yeah, it was. Citizen yeah. does that. I love their. Uh, they have a ginger one that I think it's like the Dirty Mayor. It's called. I love that shit because I'm a huge ginger fan. But there is like a like insiders it's kind of like different kinds of beer but i suppose more different kinds of ipas like you have your citrusy ones you have your hoppy ones you have some that are kind of in the middle um so cider kind of has that its own thing some are a lot more sweet some are a lot more dry you can kind of find where on that spectrum you like and i I like kind of in the middle i want it to be sweet because it is a cider but i also don't want it to just be overloading with sugar that it's almost like candy you know um so yeah. I think there is a good balance there. And it is interesting that it goes kind of in depth like that, like beer does. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, I mean, listeners, especially we are beer. Well, we're brews. So cider is brewed. So technically. True. We're not, I never we're not thought of it the that ballpark way. There. Yeah. Um, I act like that was on purpose. <laughs> Definitely yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you mean? When we came up with the name, that's exactly what Chris and I thought. I don't know where you were. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, Who so I think it is. Name? I don't even know. I'm curious. I, I forget. Back the archives. I want to say me, but I also don't want to like say I, I that and then it be wrong you, and I, I sound like an asshole. My first thought was also you. I don't know if that's just because you pitched the idea to begin. You were the 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 synthesis of the podcast. This is like, the Drews and then... this is the Drews and Druids podcast. Uh, <laughs> and now it's Drews, and then... Drews and Druids. Drew thinks he's taking credit for it right now as a good thing, but the the reality of the situation is that this is actually like legal issues. At some point, when yeah. when we are getting sued, to be like, well, this is Drew's idea. He's gonna drag this along for the rest of it. We're gonna we get sued this episode to prove that. Right, we're get this is legal evidence by the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins will sue us uh for just defamation yeah it's gonna say it's not gonna be copyright <laughs> infringement or anything it's just gonna be purely like wow just by association you guys are so yeah. fucking shitty that you guys <laughs> are impacting our sales yeah if not we can impact Bruins, if we had that much power i wish I our, our goal is to force the Boston Bruins to relocate to Quebec City. I think, or to be become weird. the Boston Bruins and Bruins. That would be pretty yeah. sweet. Boston <laughs> Bruins, and they—they're the only beer league team in the NHL. They have to drink while they're <laughs> while they're playing. <laughs> you just see, like, oh, I almost said Tuca, but we don't know if he's coming back. To see him like shotgunning a beer, you know, on the long note, drink. I think, yeah. like, I feel like it's a kind of a popular like point of discussion as far as like sports fans go of like hey it would be really cool if there was like 
a drunk professional sports league, which like obviously would never happen for a million different reasons. Number one, being player safety to, you know, kids, all that stuff. Player safety. That being said, which NHL players slash, especially Bruin, do you think would be the best at a drunk league? I can give you a second off the top here. I think NHL wise, it's gotta be Ovi after watching. Yeah. The oh, yeah, Stanley yeah, yeah, Cup. yeah, yeah. Be I was going to say him or uh, Kucherov. Kucherov, I think would be a very good point. I think, Bruins wise, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking Pasternak. I, I don't know if you guys saw the video of him ripping like clappers yeah, in, the in soccer game, Street Hockey League. Yeah, yeah. I, there's yeah. no way he wasn't like at least four deep for that. So I'm, I'm I have a feeling he could probably strap skates on and, and rock that. Plus, he's just a, he seems like a party animal off the ice in in the best way, in, in a responsible way, of course. I um, wonder, but I feel like he'd be a pretty good one. I wonder if Marshy could pull it out, like. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think the size. I think the size, though, Marshy kind of brings it down a little bit, mm. right? Maybe hey, you get the lightweight. Who who can hammer the most beers in the bro? Oh, that's another question. Now, but, guess now, who I mean, the, who's the biggest the great research question. On now. Who's the biggest yeah, lightweight on the Bruins? And vice versa. I think oh, I, I don't even want to say like, Marshy's tiny, but like I feel like he can probably hold his own because he's such a scrappy little fucker that like say, even like, if he is super drunk, he's gonna hang it in there somehow. Oh yeah. Fabian Lizelle or Lysel, the, the like Stanika, just because he's like, like someone Stanika. under yeah. under twenty one. Yeah. Uh, Who do you think could hold their own? Then I feel like I I can't yeah, imagine yeah. like a drunk Patrice Bergeron, except for at the Patrice Bergeron Stanley doesn't parade. drink or has I never like he only on special. Like, he's like only on holidays. Like yeah. <laughs> right, like he probably drinks like a two hundred dollar bottle of wine. Like oh, that's his. That's more his, that's than his that. cheap wine. That's yeah, like he goes all life. in on the wine. Yeah, that's his cheap wine. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. his six dollar like Walmart wine. Yeah. Uh, who? Who? All right. So I, I, I'm looking for answers for both of those. Who do you think? I don't know. Who do you think A would play the best while drunk, and B, who do you think could hammer the most beers and and still? Okay. I think Kevin Miller would have been a good answer too, but now he's gone as well. So. Um. Yeah. Well, he was having trouble playing well anyway, so I don't think he would well, be good for the the fair, playing yeah. well one. But I think he would be good for the the being able to drink the most. I like how those I, are separated, though, because those yeah, are, those it's are two separate things. It's the ability to perform. Like some people can hammer them and just like stay upright. You know what I mean? Like one of those people. <laughs> but the ability to get out there and actually play good hockey is a, a totally different skill. To some I'm extent. like trying to think of the lineup because it's changed so much. It, um, I, mm. it would have been Sean Thornton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For both. Yeah, absolutely. For I, both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like Taylor Hall might be like a sneaky. I can see that. Drinker. Yeah. I feel like because, during his like junior days, he was definitely hammering yeah. him. And, like might have shot through a couple games, at least a little buzzed. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I feel like he's definitely like one of those people who drinks in like really like social situations because he's he might be awkward, and that's me most of the t- not most, most of the time. Think, but like yeah. yeah, like he'll just like like oh shit, I've had five beers already, and I've only been here for an hour and a half. <laughs> Be like that. Like, oh my god, I'm hammered. How did that happen? <laughs> right? Oh my god, somebody please get me some food. Um, I don't hey. see. I don't know. I think it would probably be Marshy for like Marshy or pasta for, for like playing wise. Yeah, pasta yeah. was my first thought, but what you said, Marshy, that's a that's a good answer as far as who can 
who could perform while while hammered. But also, I, I mean, think, they're also just some of the most talented to begin with. So maybe that's just where it's coming from. I think handling their uh, alcohol. Maybe I'm just going based off size, like tenority, mm-hmm. or like I think uh, I think Chucky would have a decent chance, just because I think mm-hmm. he could store like at least like six beers worth of alcohol just in his cheeks alone, so he can pretty much <laughs> throw that away like camel style. I'm Guys not making fun of him, by the way. I have I have just as chubby cheeks, except I didn't make them in the NHL, so <laughs> definitely not making fun of him. But I feel like he could be kind of plus. He's just like a big like he's not like. He's just, he's, he's just like, he's, he's a stallion. He's a big motherfucker. Yeah. He's, he's just, yeah, he's, he's, he's got it. He's so a I feel like he could just store it away. He's got like secret channels where he can just push it down and like still fuck somebody up with a oh. nasty hip check or something like that. We got to think about some of the new guys, Nick Felino. Felino's got, he's a, he's a veteran presence too. Yeah. He's seen I some feel shit. like he's had some drinking experience and that goes yeah, a long he's seen way. Some shit, you know, his tolerance sure. might be a little higher. Yeah. yeah. That's maybe. Let's I should preface this by Nick saying, Felino. like, we have no, we have yeah. no, I hope no one's had, like, alcohol issues in the past and we're, like, not aware of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, if there is any kind of thing, we are 100% yeah. not aware of that. I just want to throw <laughs> that out there. Well, if this that's the case. From a joking standpoint. This is why we're going to get sued. Are you guys? Yeah, here it is. Sued, Again, I mean, this is all in one episode, so it's easy. This is Drew's fault. We're just pushing <laughs> it right on Drew, so. <laughs> all of a sudden, you guys are going to get, like, a cease and desist. <laughs> like, I, I honestly am shocked we haven't already. So, there's Moving. so many people. <laughs> moving fun. on to uh cocaine kuznetsov <laughs> uh, would definitely be the top of that like <laughs> you know what i don't as long as they're safe and having fun i guess all right guys this is the pause button for one second for a little bit of housekeeping the Bruce and Bruins podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. The first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and the excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Bet just $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe reliable and secure making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience i don't know if you guys saw that thursday night football opener it was absolutely bonkers an excellent start to the season i'm sure we had a lot of people in new england watching it with tom brady leading the bucks on that final drive for the chance to win it download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code thpn to receive 200 dollars in free bets when you place a one dollar bet on any game that's promo code thpn to get your free 200 dollars in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older new jersey indiana or pennsylvania only new customers only restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 100 gamble or indiana call 109 with it Woo! Uh, I do have a legitimate hockey question for you guys surrounding the Bruins. Oh, uh, I've seen this oh, that discussion wasn't legitimate. Kinda... I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> well, sorry, this yeah, that was scouting report. I think that was the best podcast at least. That was yeah. better than any fucking listener question. <laughs> uh, speaking of listeners, I do want to. I do want to. If you guys have answers to either of those questions, who can perform the best while drunk and who can just hammer the most drinks on uh, the Bruins or from a league-wide standpoint, uh, please send them our way. Um, I would say about the the end of or the the PHF, depending on I guess by this point it's going to be the PHF by the time anybody's listening. But uh, I think we already know the answer. It's Mallory because she was deleting beers on our socials. Oh yeah, so oh, yeah. Easy. not even a question. Easy. Shout out Malpal. Um, 
But anyway, back to the, the hockey-related question as far as more serious topics go here so we can at least address something realistic here <laughs> on this episode of the pod. I've seen a lot of conversation on Twitter going around lately about whether the Bruins are a deeper roster than they were last season. Obviously, you're losing some players, you're, you know, important players as far as, like, Tuca and stuff goes, and defensively you're losing some holes. David Krejci obviously is a big one. Uh, from the forward corps, that's going to be – you're going to lose. Do you think that as a whole, top to bottom, the Bruins are a deeper roster? Not necessarily – I mean, I think we're losing a little bit of the top-end talent. I don't think that's too shocking. But the bottom six, especially with the, the addition of some of the guys that came in late last season, does look a bit more bolstered that maybe that third and fourth line won't be quite as sketchy. Do you guys feel it's a deeper team going into this season? And, you know, obviously that's some kind of positive for this team – as the season approaches, especially with all the uncertainty of, of COVID and injuries and stuff, depth is going to matter. How do you guys feel about that? I, I do think they are deeper. I think if you look at it, if you were to look at it from the perspective that they got Taylor Hall at the trade deadline. So say he wasn't on the team at all last year, and now you have him this year and you lose Krejci. I feel like those roughly cancel each other out. I mean, no one can replace Krejci as a player and what he does as a playmaker. Especially but, center, I think. Yeah, exactly. And being at center. But I think if you're just talking like hockey skill in general, I think Taylor Hall kind of matches up with that. You mean you're losing a top six player and gaining a top six player. Similar um, skill sets too, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah in the As much as I would love to see them continue playing together. Uh, that's very sad. Um, but I think, yeah, they got re much, they're a much deeper team for sure. Talented. We'll see, but deeper a hundred percent. Yes. I would say, because I mean, I think a big problem the Bruins have had for the past few years when it comes playoff time, especially is depth scoring. Mm -hmm. um, and while it isn't proven yet, I do think this is going to be a team that will see scoring lines one through four. Um, Defense a little questionable. Uh, I mean, they added Forbort, or I called him something fucking else in another episode. <laughs> but I remember it now as Fabot. Fabot. Um, uh, like, I mean, that's not like the greatest addition, but I guess it's okay. You lose Kevin Miller. I don't know. Are um, you losing anything? Man? You're losing Lazon. Oh, yeah. I forgot one? about that. I forgot about him, too. I... Last episode, we tried to come up with a number for episode 79, and I couldn't think of one, and then Colin mentioned <laughs> uh, that Lazan was 79. Oh, yeah. Um, right. But, yeah, I do think this is a deeper team. I think you're going to see some more depth scoring. Defense is still a question mark, though. Um, mm -hmm. You kind of had not a lot of defense, not a lot of depth, at least a defense in front of Tuca, but Tuca was able to hold his own. That's especially going to be a little dodgy now that you have Allmark, though I think he can be a starting goaltender. He's not elite status, at least yet, like Tuca is. Yes, Tuca Rask is elite, you motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and then you got Swayman there. So I would like to see some more depth at D, Swayman. but they're working with what they got. But I think offensively speaking, certainly deeper than last year. Yeah, I would say the same thing but i feel like another thing that's different this upcoming season is the fact that the bottom six have potential to have an identity uh i feel like the bruins bottom six hasn't had an identity since the 2019 cup run um 
and you know we did see depth scoring there I feel like it was the third or fourth line that pretty much carried them at one I think point it was the third coil and Johansson yeah. were on that line yeah. that's right and it was just like exciting to watch and I think that while you know the perfection line is fantastic. Erection line. The erection, erection line. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Not I'm trying to be proper here, Jess. You understand. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, don't want anyone coming at me with a lawsuit. Um, but I think, you know, obviously, like, they're fun to watch. They're fantastic. They're such a talented group. But I think what's going to carry this team is going to be that depth scoring and the ability to take pressure off of your top six especially when we don't know what's going on with um that center spot yeah definitely i think uh i mean depth is important at any point in the season and and we're kind of looking way ahead here but like especially when the postseason comes around i mean like, like a, a first line can carry you through individual games mm-hmm. if, you know what i mean the bergeron line is gonna win you games by themselves they're that talented and teams will try to match up them and stuff, but at the end of the day, that takes adjustments, right? Like, it's, you just throw them out there for one game. If you're not sure exactly what to expect, or even if you do, they're going to find ways to score on you. When you turn into a seven-game playoff series, that's a little bit different, and that's kind of the thing that I think that we've seen the last couple of seasons. Like, even if you get into the playoffs and they're hot, there's going to be a couple of games to stretch where the teams find a way to lock down that first line, and, and that depth scoring becomes so much more important. And that really is, I mean, look no further than Tampa Bay, such a deep team. No wonder they were so fucking good, Blake not only Coleman. all season, but especially in the especially in the playoff. Yeah, guys like him, exactly. So, I mean, again, we're looking so far into the future. Who Years. knows if Bruins even make the playoffs this year? I hope so. I think they will. But that is such an important thing, not mm-hmm. only for the team, you know, for the regular season, but just from a, a, a purely of an ability to actually compete for a Stanley Cup. Having that depth scoring is so important. I think I agree with you. I think. The forward core especially is going to be more talented um, or at least deeper. Defense, we'll see. I mean, I, I think, you know, losing Lazan is not going to hurt too much. Um, Kevin Miller, when he was really on his game, was effective. But uh, obviously the injury concerns and stuff, it was hard to kind of count him as a regular. Um, Drew is wrapping a quarter on his face, which is very entertaining. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Um, but, yeah, I, the big question, obviously, like like – Drew said outside of that second line and stuff is going to be goaltending. It's, it is crazy to think. I mean, we've, we've talked to plenty on this podcast before about how lucky the Bruins have had or have been rather to have had a consistent netminder the last decade who you could count on to be at the very least good, but usually great or better than great, uh, depending on, you know, how, how hot he was at the time. And really this is the first time, especially the last two years, it's been like, not only Rask, but Halak too. I mean, you had the best goaltending duo in the NHL for quite a while there. So having a completely fresh, I mean, obviously Swayman got time last season. Loved what we saw from him, but we've talked about it plenty before. Young goalies like that look no further than Carter Hart. They can look real good and things can change really quick. So I'm not saying that's going to happen with Swayman, but obviously that's a massive question mark about whether he can put it up. And and same thing, I like what Drew said. I think Omar has the potential to be a, a – solid starting goaltender. And I think with the way the Bruins have played, especially with the Rats the last couple of years, that's going to be close into a 50-50 split. And, you know, at least for the regular season, I definitely see a situation where that could work out pretty well for the Bruins, but it is definitely a larger question mark than we've seen in the past. 
you never knew if you were going to get 915 save percentage Rask or 945 save percentage Rask, but you pretty much knew you were going to get a somewhere in that realm and a very strong starting goaltender. You're pretty sure you can get something out of these two guys, but there's still a question mark there. And then, of course, obviously, you know, injury-wise and stuff, there's if one of them goes down, which we haven't really talked about much, but that that's looking a lot scarier, right? So we'll see what's going on exactly. But um, I think that as far as beyond the second line and not having David Krejci there, I think goaltending is probably the, the biggest question mark as far as depth goes. But I think forward-wise especially, they are a lot deeper this season. So that's something to look forward to. And yeah, I, I think, think- – Oh, go ahead, oh, Jess. sorry, girl. Uh, I was just going to say, I think that uh, Tuca haters are in for a big surprise. Uh, not going to say that Allmark's bad by any means, yeah. but I don't think that he's going to be as consistent as Rask. Like, you might see him dip into the, you know, the 8-8s, 8-9s. For some games, you might. But I just, I I have a hard time believing that. There, yeah. Yeah, 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 I don't think they're going to find this magical yeah. diamond I mean, I in the rough i was impressed by what he did in buffalo especially behind a, a buffalo team so like there's i definitely see a situation where you give him a stronger team ahead of him and he can really shine but even if he's good for a while those are some that's a decade's worth of very strong shoes to fill so it's gonna take some time to build some trust with with i think educated bruins fans who aren't the anti-tuga People. Team team is a questionable noun to use for what's going on in Buffalo. Yeah, that's that's, that's much of a team. Could you call it a super spreader event? <laughs> because it's a large gathering. Anybody who goes into Buffalo, they get caught with the Buffalo fever. So, mm. yeah, maybe we should. Wait, is that a strain of COVID? I should joke. We'll <laughs> Not yet, um... but you never know. <laughs> we'll cut that. <laughs> 35 46 <laughs> um uh but but i i was gonna say that i think uh two points yeah i agree with you jess and also what you were kind of saying cam as well how like with tuca you could get a i think it was 945 or a 915 you can get out of them i think all you might see a 915 at his best or average or maybe you see like a 920 925 save percentage um you're not going to see the numbers that tuca puts up um unless for some reason he plays like three good games and that gets injured god forbid um and i also think uh when we were talking about the first line kind of you know you see them getting shut down in the playoffs i think uh you know as the series drags along i think part of that is just repetition you solve your opponent i think the bruins do that too Uh, they solve their opponent so yeah that's that's why depth really comes into play when you're playing up to seven games against the same team it, in a row, you know, you might play yeah, four games against... Unfortunately, it's only four games against your division rivals. It should go back to fucking six. NHL, fix your shit. Um, it, you know, it's not going to be as much of an issue, but when you're playing consecutive games against them, yeah, they're going to solve you out. So that's when it's really important to have depth. But I'm looking forward to seeing what Omar can do. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain that he's going to carry the Bruins to the playoffs if that's what they have. If Tuca weren't to return, I think the duo of Swayman and Olmark, uh, you know, backing up the team that is on paper right now, will get the Bruinsfield playoffs. I'm not 100% sure that either Olmark or Swayman at this date, I hope Swayman becomes an elite goaltender, but at this juncture, I, I think when you see Stanley Cup winning teams, 90% of the time they're 
carried in some capacity by their goaltender or they have an all-star quality goaltender. Allmark and Swayman aren't that right now. And I think that really harms the Bruins' chances of going all the way and winning the cup this year. Obviously, hockey is weird, as Chris Gear will preach um, from the, the rock upon this church is built for David Krejci. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, oh, he's no. alive and well. Um, still playing hockey. He's, he's playing hockey. He's, he's doing great. He's actually he's much Why? happier than he's been, uh, except for <laughs> 2011. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's a little concerning, but it's also like uncomfortable right now. I hope Tuka comes back, and I hope Tuka's healthy. That gives me a lot of comfort when it comes to the Bruins making a deep push and hopefully a cup-winning season. Uh, I'm skeptical of if Olmark and Swayman can deliver them a cup. I think they can deliver them a postseason appearance, a cup, and, and defeating Toronto in seven games. I think that any goaltender could handle that. Fuck a, a fucking Zamboni driver replacement emergency goaltender <laughs> could beat the Leafs, so I think they're okay there. <laughs> um, but yeah, when it comes to a cup run, Olmark and Swayman, I think I'm not too optimistic. I think I think I would describe my confidence in them as like. That's a good description right there. That's a perfect. I think I know. I think like I think I don't know. Cautiously optimistic or like something along those lines of like I think maybe cautiously optimistic. I think I I think I feel better about the Bruins goaltending scenario than I do about a lot of teams in the league. But at the end of the day, it's still a lot more uncertain than it has been for a long time. So I, I, I don't think it's you know a panic situation by any means. Like you have two gate uh, goaltenders who are very capable of being, you know, more than serviceable. But yeah. it's a, it's a lot bigger question mark than we've had in years past. And especially when looking at Jeremy Swayman, it's like what a what an important year for him. Because obviously coming into the league and like being as good as he was is like a, you, you ride the hot streak, you win over the fans. This, it gets a lot of excitement going, but proving it over a full eighty-two game schedule is going to be a, a different story. So if we get through the end of this year and he's he's feeling really good, then I feel a lot better about the future of this team. That hey, we might have a true number one goalie here, and just in the nick of time, right? With with two good starting to be on his way mm-hmm. out, but. Things hit the fan. All of a sudden, you got a lot of question marks with the organization. So, not to put any unnecessary pressure on him, not that he's fucking listening to our podcast, but what a big year for him. Uh, just a sidebar: I do think these are a little bit uneven because this is the same pack of shipyard pumpkin head hard seltzer, and this one tastes a lot more pumpkiny than the last one I just had. Huh. Interesting. Which seems opposite. As you get Are you sure more you're not just cutting off your tastes... circulation with that cord around your head? <laughs> well, you, might, you might be right. <laughs> no, it's actually kind of comfortable. I miss I miss wearing bandanas. I need to start doing that again. Sure. <laughs> anyway, right. my fashion um, aside. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. New York Fashion Week over here. Something the like Portland Fashion Week. Because by the Coming time soon, this episode yeah. is out... I will not Ooh. be living in Portland, but the day after, I won't be. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We'll be doing a live show soon. Drew, uh, I want to get – I got to look up the name again of that brewery, but we should do a live show from that uh, gluten-free brewery. That'd be cool. 100%. I'd We're love to do that. that. I also would like to check out the – I mean, I'm not gluten-free, but I would certainly be down to try some of the beers and stuff. So It is. It's good. You're not going to get, like, the hoppiness of, like, mm-hmm. IPAs I, and stuff. I like, but... I like hoppy beers, but I don't need it to be hoppy well, either. Honestly, if you like lagers – better. 
if you like lagers, like gluten beer is basically yeah. that. Like it's like you and they the omission the they uh the brewing company that I have that's my preferred gluten free beer at least so yeah. far. Um, they have an an IPA too, and it isn't obviously isn't super hoppy because they don't necessarily really use hops too much, but um, it's still good. Like they all have their different tastes. They have a pale ale, they have a lager, they have a light beer. Um, there's a lot you can do with it, but yeah, you're not going to get that standard IPA hoppy ass like taste, but they can do a lager damn well. Um, and yeah, it's not, it's not that bad. If you're looking to, I, I, I mean, I'm gluten intolerant, so I just know that gluten is bad for me. I think there are some aspects of gluten that are like bad in general or something like not necessarily bad like oh my god you're gonna die but i think yeah, it's I like no idea in terms it's of not carbs like sodium. Or... yeah like... okay yeah 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 Yeah, it's just like maybe avoid it if you can i don't think that there's i, I don't know I, I don't know i know people who've We're gone on like health experts yeah <laughs> but... Please don't, though... we are not the joe rogan podcast yeah exactly. i know people <laughs> who have gone on like gluten-free diets just for like health yeah. they're like yeah. losing weight or something like that and it's been good for them so i've done it to regulate my like stomach and like digestion problems mm, and like mm-hmm. there's no real difference now between like gluten-free products like you could put like gluten-free bread just more expensive like, yeah Pasta, yeah, yeah it, it tastes it worse pretty much comes down to price Sometimes. america right yeah, yeah. America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right well on that note anybody have any any final uh any final uh comments here um, I think that league wide, the player that could crush beers and play best would be Milan Lucic. I am not going to argue with that. Yeah, I, at least like, at least as far as when it comes to fucking dumping people after yeah. he's got like he, twenty he, beers in him. Yeah, not very good sober, but you know. Amen hmm. to that. Thank you guys all for tuning in and listening to our ridiculous uh, scenario questions today. We want to hear your answers. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce and Bruins or at Bruce and Bruins at gmail.com on the email, baby, the old fashioned way. Not the old fashioned way. Do something cool. Contact us. Knock on my door at late at night and give me your answer. <laughs> Knock on his and, window. Be like, always. Oh, here rocks the back window. They're going to be like, Nicholas Fedberg. I'll be like, he even in the league anymore? Like, what's the <laughs> but always check the backseat of your car. Yeah. For me. That too. Uh Jess, you want to plug some shit? Um, yeah, my Twitter is at Jess Belmosto. Come listen to me on Locked On Flames or just download it so I can pay my rent. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, as always. Hell yeah. Thanks Thank you, Joe's Bells. Anytime. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Don't be, don't be too afraid, guys. Hockey season is coming soon. Don't be shy. 